All right, well, we're recording, so now would be a really great time to say something funny, like a little bit of an <laughs> outtake. But hold on one second, because I've, I've, got, I've got a substance problem that I need to take care of. Okay. Okay. Did you, did you take care of your substance problem? I still have this. I mean, yeah. Is it poop? No, it's my, it, it's the thing that I said I was going to give up in the last episode, that um, I'm actually upping right now. I'm going from green tea to black tea, so I'm like completely defying god wow good luck with that yeah it ties into our <laughs> it ties into our show faux show why are you going up to black tea right now well this i mean i don't know if we want to get into the show right now but because i don't want to feel a, i don't want to feel something mm. okay i'm just not in the mood you know I'm just not in the mood no you want to feel something else you want to feel that black tea rush you want to feel that thrill of life yeah. I understand. It's a good one. It's a thrill. It's it's better than this like oh Sunday. What are what am I going to do after this sh- that feeling? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, well, if I drink this then after the show, I've got lots to do. Welcome to How to Be an Okay Person. I'm Lindsay Chrysler. I am Robbie Carlton. And today we've got a show for you. So welcome to the Tea Drinkers Anonymous show. (laughs) Well, we're going to explain. We're going to use this as an example in our show today. Yeah, this is a good example. Because I am example A of the topic that we are going to get into today. What are we talking about today, Lens? Well, we're going to talk about two things that we constantly talk about. It's a super important map that we use. I use it every day. Both things I probably refer to every day. And uh, I wouldn't call this the most uplifting show we're going to have. Yes. In fact, I mean, the, the title of the show is almost certainly going to be The Down. And <laughs> In that voice. Yeah. And that's the main subject. We're, t- we're going to be talking about The Down. And it's funny because as we were prepping, uh, we had different, like, I, I was saying, I feel like we should, like, warn people that this episode might be a little rough like emotionally and you had a difference i do i think it's a typological thing which we'll do a show about that i have figured out a way to take this incredibly depressing topic and use it for my like growth and exhilaration so (laughs) i uh if you learn how to go down guess what you can go even higher up Okay. So I there is a silver lining to the show that I will I will I will try to represent <laughs> no matter how much Robbie talks. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, you know, it's not to kind of this is a this is a topic that just gets into some of the heavier experiences of being a human. Um and hopefully uh when you listen to the show it's not going to leave you crashed and hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually going to leave you feeling more resourceful uh, in some of these more difficult places. Yes. How about that? That sounds great. It, it really, like, learning is a bit of a buzzkill, and then I find it has given me way more freedom and range and love of love of myself. So there is, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Great. But let's go into the tunnel. Um, she says cheerfully. So, uh, all right, I want to do... Just a little bit of history 
because I like to do this. Um, so we both learned this from Nicole Daydon, um, I and I learned also from some of her her students originally. And then um, one of their recommendations was a book that, I, as far as I can tell, they got it from. At least this book kind of has the same the same ideas wholesale and is amazing book. Uh, it's called on becoming an alchemist it's by Catherine mccoon and we'll put a link in the show notes um which by the way you can see the show notes either on the website how to be an okay person.com or in your podcast player we've never actually explained the show notes if you listen to a lot of podcasts you probably know what they are but if you don't uh every show comes with some notes and mm-hmm. typically they're going to be links uh extra stuff that uh, we want to share with you so you can find that on your podcast player or on the website okay so in the show notes we're going to link to this book on becoming an alchemist but it's this book is um is it's i want to talk about the book for a minute because i absolutely love it it's very very strange Mm -hmm. very very strange have you read it you've read it yeah i've read half yeah okay so so uh at the time i was i was studying uh with this uh teacher rob kandel and he um he recommended this book to me and and I respected him, and so I I was reading this book, but it just it it just seemed like total nonsense. I'm like Rob, why are you making me read this book? It's it had like she she has angels, uh, different spirits, like all this just kind of completely out there wacky stuff. At the time for me, this was, was like I'm so surprised to hear you say that it was totally out there for you when you read oh that. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that it, time, it did not occur to me that way at all. I was like, okay. Yeah, well, you and I have different maps about That's spiritual things. I mean, my idea of spirituality at that time was pretty much reality is intrinsically inexplicable and awe-inspiring. And if you practice training your attention, you can achieve uh, kind of very high emotional states. Ah, well said. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know how much further I've got from that. I think that <laughs> it's still a lot of of how I how I experience spirituality. Except I, I don't know. I'm just much more open minded to weird stuff now. But at that time, very very weird angels, spirits, uh, like in communication with beings, like like weird like alchemical texts. I mean, it's called on becoming alchemist, and she starts off with this completely inexplicable story. Which I've read this book five or six times now and wow. this, at the beginning of this story she, she goes she at the beginning of the book she tells this alchemical story it's this incredibly dense uh metaphorical story about i don't know what uh, about this guy and he gets married to someone and he finds something and he buries it and he digs it up and like and and at the end she says you know this story it's not it's difficult to understand conceptually but it works on you and keep thinking about it because the thinking about it is part of what works on you and uh, to this day i read that story i've no idea like i have no idea what she's talking about in that story but anyway um so i read this book and and i was baffled by it but i kept going and um what i noticed when i read this book is it it really um my rational mind has a lot to say about it it's pretty kind of difficult to swallow and uh i come away from the book and i and every time i read it i have like a deeper more direct and visceral uh experience of the subtle realm is the easiest way I can say it, where I can feel subtle energy more clearly. Um, and that's just really consistent when I read this book. Different books have different transmissions like that. And and this book, the main thing that it actually transmits, in my experience, is the is is a, a attunement to the subtle. 
However, it also goes into the subject of the down, which is what we're going to get into now. There was a little diversion, a little book review. I love that book. Go out and read it if you want to trip. <laughs> Did you like it? I loved it. I don't remember feeling that way at all when you... I, I would like to read it again now and see if that's the transmission I got. It was another one of those books that gave me a huge permission slip to be myself. I was like, oh, great. Okay, let's do this. Mm. And I love maps. I mean, she gives you maps. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll I finished it. But. I'll, I'll just say that the second half is way easier to digest than the first half. So if you're having a really hard time with the ah. first half, the second half, it starts to make more sense. It starts to become more psychologically applicable. Like she gets into more of a map, which you must have got some ways into. Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, I may uh, have finished it. I just don't remember. All right. So that's a history. It's a little bit of background. Where does this idea come from? Uh, the down. And the, and the down. And, you know, what we're talking about. I mean, how would you characterize it? Well, I, I think the up and the down. I, see, I think of it as the opposite of the up. The up and the down. It's an experience of slowing down. It's, and it's a felt experience. I think this is a map of a felt experience of my life, myself, my life. So this is a map of, of the things that we're feeling. And it's a, it, it's, it go, you go from up, which is kind of a fast, for me, it's like a faster gear that you are driving in and you're going somewhere and you switch gears and you're actually in neutral or slower gear than even exists in the car analogy and you have no idea where you're going and it mm. takes you where it wants to go mm. so the other way i think of that about it a lot is the feminine and the masculine map the down is the feminine the up is the masculine yeah yeah how, how i would talk about the up and the down is like life part of life is cyclical so there's a developmental part of life where, you know, you grow, you learn things, you change, you, you, you develop, hopefully, wisdom and kind of you, you learn to know yourself better and be more important with yourself, all of these things. That part is developmental. And there's also a part of life which is cyclical where uh, things kind of go around in cycles. And, uh, and the basic, basic cycle is this up-down cycle where... You know, if you think about a wave, it's like a wave, right? It goes up, it reaches a peak, and then what happens next is it goes down, and then it hits a valley. And then what happens next? It goes back up, and it reaches another peak, and it goes down. Sometimes the waves are like little shallow waves, little peaks, little valleys, kind of, they, you know, and then sometimes the, the peaks and valleys are really huge. It's actually fractal, so that, like, you might be in, like, a big peak in your life, but a little down on of, of the day. Um, and so you have these like waves within waves, but to, to kind of say like, what is it? Right. I, and I think like, like your description fits for me, like absolutely. And that, that this up is like, you're high, you're happy, you're excited, you're enthusiastic. Like you're kind of outward facing, like you want to create, you want to produce, you want to interact. And it's, it has this kind of like energy to it. This like this kind of positive energy. Or, you know, or you can just be like ecstatic. Maybe you're just like, maybe you're, it's less kind of like, uh, active than that but you're just like blissed out and ecstatic or just like having a nice feeling and kind of like cozy or whatever although cozy gets a little I, mm. I, uh, yeah mm. i don't think it's cozy but it could be like content like you're by yourself uh, content or you're by yourself and you're on the mountain and you're you're struck by the beauty of the mountain in this kind of like awe inspiring way so it doesn't have to be like social but it just has this like up positive energy quality um and the down is oh and it's bright and it's light so these are kind of just qualitative like 
like feelings about it. It tends to be fast. It doesn't have to be fast. Uh, it, but it's like a high vibration. The down is low energy. It's slower, as Lindsay said. It's kind of cooler and darker. Uh, although it can also be warm, but it's it has this like kind of sometimes womb like quality of um, and it's and it's a time when you're less you're feeling less outwardly creative. You're feeling less like you have something to put into the world, but more like you kind of need to tend to yourself. And this is when you're doing it well. It's like you're tending to yourself and you're, um, and you're kind of getting cozy or, or just like being slow, going for walks and listening to Leonard Cohen and like, you know, <laughs> taking baths, like we'll get into all of that. Um, so those are, so those are the kind of dimensions. Um, that's the kind of internal dimension to it. There's also an external dimension, which is like, you just got a promotion at work or you just started dating someone and you're really excited about that. Like we're back to the up here. You just started dating someone. You're really excited about that. And you're kind of enthusiastic and like, or you, your team is winning in a spot, right? Like something like that. Or, you know, like when you're doing the grid, like the kind of the attitude of like going to the grid and like I'm gonna make my grid and I'm gonna put some checks in it, even though you might be like you might be in a in a deep down in your life that has you like I need to get this shit handled. But in that moment of going to the grid, that's an up moment. Like you're moving into an up cycle when you're doing that. So that's another example of kind of like a more external uh, thing. And then like the down is like you know, somebody has died, a relationship has ended, a job has ended, you're moving house, like you're leaving somewhere, like leaving is in the down and arriving is in the up, like, so... Um, or in a in a more positive way, it can also just be the, the after something really big just happened and you are digesting or integrating or you just got married and now, like the honeymoon, the honeymoon is would be a good example of hopefully a down. Or... You just launched a program and now you're kind of in bed for the weekend, you know, watching movies and reading books and relaxing to enjoy. And so that's what you're pointing to there is the fact that if you have an external up, you then have to have some kind of down. Yeah. And it can be an internal down, which is, you know, you've just launched your program. That's an external up. Now I'm going to spend the weekend in bed watching TV. That's an internal down. Like you didn't have to have something in your life crash to bring you down. Right. Right. If you don't, and this is, this is part of the reason that we're teaching this topic. And part of the reason it's a really useful distinction is if you don't let yourself come down, life will bring you down. Yes. So that's one of the main takeaways. And one of the reasons why this idea of the down is really important is if you don't let yourself come down, life will bring you down. Yes. Um, so it's good to know about this so you can be intentional because, you know, another way of coming down is getting into a car accident, right? And it would be better probably to spend a week meditating and eating good food and taking baths and coming down off this big, amazing experience versus having a car accident and then you're in bed because you can't move your legs. Right, exactly. So this is why we want to teach you, even though it's a little bit of a buzzkill it's good to learn about it because then you can be intentional and you can actually have the down be super creative and productive or not productive. <laughs> super. Uh... <laughs> See, one of us, one of us habitually lives more in the up and the other habitually lives more in the down. I wonder if you can tell. You can have a really good time in the down if you learn about this. Yeah.
and and sometimes <laughs> it's not that good of a time, but but you got to do it anyway. I want to talk about the the normal response to the down, especially in this culture. Yeah. So this is the other definition, uh, the other concept that we're we're talking about today. Okay, so so our culture, especially and people in general, uh, have this response to going down. They have this response to the down, um, which. And this is something we, we both learned from another teacher, Carl Bukite. Uh, he calls this response flapping, which is just, it's just so brilliant. The image is just so brilliant. And so flapping is where you are flapping your wings, trying desperately not to go down. So you got to the peak of one of those waves in your life, either in terms of a, just an emotional wave or in terms of a... Uh, Accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. Like a life circumstance, like some external thing that's happened and you're kind of like okay let's just keep going like what's the next thing let's like so there's this this flapping that happens flapping is basically any kind of activity internal or external whose main purpose is to keep you from going down give us some examples of that i mean the the example we're we've talked about with my personal life all the time is the tea like i i got the message from god to give up tea which to me, that means that I would be required to go and feel a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to do that. So mm -hmm. I have started flapping in the face of that message. Mm -hmm. I have researched expensive teaware to make it into more of a ritual. I've, I've spent hours on Google researching really, really fancy decaf tea so that I can <laughs> still have tea, but not the caffeine. Like I'm, I'm and I, it, it feel, I know it's flapping because I'm efforting a lot efforting 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 in uh i'm not in the flow i'm efforting to avoid something actually to avoid one day where i don't have it because mm -hmm. i don't know what i would have to feel but i imagine it would probably be some kind of i don't know actually but i, I assume it would be some sort of grief yeah and uh, so so that's a great example i mean i i it's funny. We, I have a couple of specific examples that, that are really satisfying, I'm going to tell you. And then at the end of the, the list of uh, specific examples, I have all of the life as one of my <laughs> examples, which is uh, maybe is a little bit on the dark side. I mean, there's a Leonard Cohen quote. I mean, should we do that Leonard Cohen quote? Yeah, I mean, he's the king. He's the king of the down. Just if you want to understand the down, go hang out with Leonard Cohen, who sadly, uh, you can no longer do that in the physical world, but you can still listen to his music and oh my god like talk about someone who is in rapport with the down and actually um makes it beautiful i actually told this to someone once i was in a, a ceremony with someone and she she was ha having this really hard time crashing because this ceremony was like a little bit like love and light and kind of like up and she and she was like well i i want to create this music but whenever i she was a musician. Whenever I make this music, it's just so sad. Like the music I make is so sad mm -hmm. and I don't want to depress people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like a force for the, you know, uh, this gets into distribution where she was getting like her, her down amplified because she was in a field where it wasn't really included. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that this is another reason why we talk about it. And we want to include it because it's there. It's, you can't, you don't get away from it. And and this is where, where some of the kind of some spiritual cultures uh, 
and just the other cultures get problematic where they they refuse to include the down and then it gets put out into the shadows so anyway yeah. this is that's I mean that's this all. is this is partly why this show was born because we want to include being an okay person means you travel to both sides of the range and you can have happiness and joy and you also are going to feel sad and depressed and confused and being an okay person is in rapport with all those parts we're including everything we don't want to spiritually bypass and get ourselves out of really painful experiences and always be in the up and the high um because it it's denying who we are as human beings so we're saying it's okay it's okay to go down and it's okay to feel down and uh the down is okay yeah it's okay and yeah exactly so i said to this woman she was kind of like, man, I don't want to like depress people. I don't want to bring people down. And oh. I said, listen, like one of one of the greatest gifts uh, in my life in terms of an artist is Leonard Cohen, who basically he made it okay to go down. And I would mm. listen to Leonard Cohen. And however, I mean, partly it was however dark I felt. There are Leonard Cohen songs that are darker than I have ever felt. Like mm. that have just, the and 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 beautiful right and he makes it beautiful he does and and that's a that's a huge gift so leonard cohen i'm actually going to read a quote because he's just the master i mean he's like he welcome to the downs so his his leonard's response to the idea of flapping i think um he says this is from an interview so i'm going to read the quote and then the interview the great oh this is uh, my mom sent me this <laughs> so <laughs> hi mom um <laughs> The greatest help you can get from anything is to find out it doesn't work. That's Lana Cohen. Uh, he says, I don't think I was complaining. I was just saying, ouch, because it hurt. I tried everything they had. Like, well, the things that you mentioned, wine, women, song, money, career, drugs, art, every kind of extravagance, every kind of restraint. Mm. And, and what helped? Everything helped in its way in the sense that it said, this doesn't work. I think that's the greatest help you can get from anything is to find out that it doesn't work because nothing works. Nothing in this human realm is meant to work. So once you can deeply appreciate that, for one thing, the mind of compassion grows if you understand that everybody's up against it. I remember reading some works of Simone Veil, a French woman who lived in France during the war, and she said there's only one question worth asking anybody, and that question is, what are you going through? Mm. So, <sighs> I now I think it's so good. I mean, it's so good. I I want to temper it a little. I I. It, but I, I also just want to let it rest and just be like, yes, like, wow. Like, that is a, a partial perspective, you know, as all perspectives are. As all That's, they are, yeah. That, that is a partial perspective, but it, but it is a, a partial perspective uh, that brings light. I mean, another, this is the Leonard Cohen quote everyone quotes, but there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's speaking to the same thing, right? It's mm-hmm. speaking to the down and i'm gonna tell a story later about that so so anyway all of the life is flapping but also specifically um, well it is it is i just want to say it is we're all gonna die right we are 100 percent going to die and everyone we love is going to die so in one way you could spend your whole life flapping against that truth 
and maybe I think some people, maybe you on a on some days would say, and maybe me on some days would say that that is what the whole life is. But there's also some other things that I want to talk about too. There's I think there's also moments of creativity and flow. There's a whole alternative to flapping, but you could spend your whole life flapping against that truth. Right. Yes. And this is what you told me after Fight Club. This is what I told you after Fight when Club. When I was when, definitely when Liz was going like, down. <laughs> yeah. Just like in the down. Because I had spent a whole week flapping. And then you. I mean, Fight Club, that, that, that's a movie about the down. And it's about a movie about uh, letting go of flapping. So good. That movie was so good. I'm so oh, late yeah. to all these parties. But anyway. Yeah. Then you. So I was crying. I was deeply like snotting into my soup. And what did you say? I just want to say if you, <laughs> if you haven't watched Fight Club. You should watch Fight Club. That's your homework. This kind of sounds a little bit like Trunk Pop, but anyway, this is how I said it. Um, the bad news is nothing can save you. So this is the bad news, and this is what we want to take that flapping away because nothing can save you. And while you're flapping, what you're really trying to do is save yourself. So the bad mm-hmm. news is nothing can save you. The good news is you don't need saving. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you only get to find that out if you let yourself go down. Yes. Like while you're flapping, you're flapping, you are reinforcing the idea that you need saving and that there's something to be saved from. Right. So that's the flip side of what, of, of, that's the other part of the, 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 I don't think he's fully captured in the Leonard quote because he's just like such an ambassador for the down that he doesn't even want to acknowledge the, the the other side like it and there's a lot of sense to that and a lot of buddhist teachers kind of similarly like they don't want to talk about like the the other side they just want to talk about life is suffering because mm-hmm. that's the part because otherwise it's just real easy to turn it back into flapping yes which is the line i'm walking every day <laughs> i mean everybody i mean you know me too and and i i just at this point like I mean, we need to give a couple more examples of flapping but flapping is kind of like just that that reaching that like something's gonna save me like okay if i just get like this job if i get this promotion if i get the right partner if i you know if i can kind of organize all of my circumstances of my life in just the right way then i'm gonna be okay like this this thing is gonna save me this is gonna save me i'm gonna be okay like that's flapping Mm -hmm. um and i i want to just have a little room and compassion for flapping as well right and this is not like a don't flap (laughs) be zen total freedom like it's not like that it's like you're gonna flap you're gonna eat a bucket of ice cream one day you're gonna binge watch television another day um which you know can be going down can be flapping or like you you're going to create projects Uh to to save yourself to save yourself and to try and escape from from the the difficult feelings right and And that's fine fine. that's fine fine you know on a, you know, through one lens, you could say like the whole grid is like some version of flapping. Um, I, you could, I, you it's could not. say you could say some of us are here because our parents were flapping. I mean, I, maybe pra- I'm the product of flapping. I don't even know. Right, you're a flap. <laughs> so, you know, like welcome to the welcome to the paradox, right? And I think you can be aware of it, and I think it's a useful thing to name. Like, and you and I, when we talk about this, it's not like. You know, we, we just we just name it, right? Like, it's yeah. just like, 
we we name it in our own lives we name it in the lives of the uh, of the our people and kind of like what we see and and like that and and it's definitely there isn't like a lot of kind of like judgment like that this is like somehow morally problematic right like it's not like that it's just like a it's a it's a part of being human and it's kind of a tricky part so i want to give some some specific examples uh one is a little sillier um so game of thrones so I'm sorry, I'm going to do Game of Thrones spoilers for Season 7. I think it's been long enough. If you have not seen Season 7 yet, then... Um, pause. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to skip ahead and like trust your luck. I don't know. This is probably going to no, be... No, pause, go catch up, and then <laughs> come back and press play, and here we go. I don't know, because we're going to talk about Patreon at the end, so I kind of want them to get to the end. <laughs> I feel like that's just for your mom. Your mom is like the only one we're waiting on to get caught up. Oh, and your dad. I don't know. There are people. No, there are people listening who maybe haven't even started yet. So anyway, there's going to be a, 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 a few minutes of a Game of Thrones example. Um, and and there, are, there are actually multiple examples of this. So season seven of Game of Thrones. Episode four comes around. Episode four is the episode where after just like a whole bunch of talking and like Khaleesi talking with Tyrion and then Jon Snow shows up and they're all talking away. And then Cersei and Jamie Lannister over there, they're talking and everybody's just talking and planning and talking and planning. And it's just like the most boring thing ever. And then you have a whole episode, which is just more of that. And then at the very end, Khaleesi gets on her dragon and comes and blows some people up. And there's some cool special effects. And there's like pretty cool, like 15 minute battle sequence. Game of Thrones is really good. This is a totally different concept. There's a thing called the peak end bias. Uh, And the peak end bias is this idea that um, and it's been well researched. This is a well documented. This isn't just like some concept. Like, like there's been a lot of research to say this is true. Which is that uh, people remember when people think about an experience, they remember the single strongest emotional kind of moment in that experience, and especially with a with an emphasis towards the last thing. So if the last thing is a strong, so if there's like a strong emotion in the middle, that's what they'll remember. And if and if not, then whatever the last thing that they felt, like that's what they'll remember. And they'll they'll code the whole experience with that um, that feeling. And Game of Thrones are masterful at this. They'll do these. They'll do whole seasons which are pretty boring, and then the last two episodes knock it out of the park. And you walk away being like, Game of Thrones is amazing. I can't wait till the next season. But if you actually go back and listen and watch the re- the Season six, up till those last two episodes, which is spectacular. Season six is fine, but it's not like amazing. But we all walked away from season six being like, I cannot wait. And so, you know, that episode, episode four of season seven, where the dragon comes down and burns all the, the Lannister army, is another example where of a peak and bias where they just put in enough like juice to to uh, satisfy. Anyway, this is just my critique of Game of Thrones. So the next day, I'm just off it. Like, I'm like, oh wow, Game of Thrones is just lost it this season. Like, this is a bad... They, they've lost it. Like, they peaked. They peaked and they've lost it. And they've got to wind it down. And they have one more season after this one. But, like, eh, I didn't even watch the next few episodes. I had to catch up for the end. I was like, I got to catch up. But I, like, skipped a couple episodes, which has never happened before. Um, but But what was bizarre to me was everywhere on Facebook, people were like, best episode ever mm-hmm. like there were articles about it there were mm-hmm. tweets about it like everybody mm-hmm. was saying greatest episode of game of thrones ever top three episode of game of thrones this is amazing do you remember this i'm not just oh i remember this up, it right? i remember it i rem- i got text messages from friends and then it's that awkward moment of not being able to match the world's enthusiasm because 
mostly because I had talked to you, but also because I, I felt it too. I felt myself bored. Like I felt myself checking out. I, and then it didn't have the, the big end scene with the dragon. Like I love the dragon. It did not have the juice. Yeah. And you named it and you're much better at naming this than I am. Mm. I will flap a little longer and with a little more spirit than you, I think. <laughs> Which for both for, for ill and good. <laughs> but you named it. And I remember the next day seeing the seeing the kind of deluded crowd of people. Yeah, people just really like like kind of like and, and you could feel like this kind of like. Yeah. Desperate, desperate enthusiasm. It's got desperate feeling to it. This, this efforting kind of awkward. Like, oh, it's still good, you guys. It's still good. Like there's this clenching. So I guess we're shaming a little bit, but I, I can shame people <laughs> in their response to Game of Thrones. There's like this clenching, yeah, desperate we're not enthusiasm. That that happens. Like, of course you're you're gonna do that. Like, and we do that too. Sure. But we are gonna say like there's a clenching and a desperation that does not feel good. Yes. Okay. And so, and then the other example from Game of Thrones from the same season uh, is, and this is like, this maps, and I, I, I think you and I have talked about this, me and Michael Bocelli have talked about this as well, and this maps beautifully that the, the relationship between Khaleesi and Jon Snow, there's just no juice in it. There's just no sensation. No energy. It, no it's not sexy. No it's spark. Just not, it's not sexy. Like, there have been re- many relationships in Game of Thrones that have been very sexy, that have had the juice, they've had the energy. Jon Snow and Khaleesi, from the moment they were in the same room together, it was just like, ah, mm, yeah, this is completely flat. And but but the plot had to have them do the thing. Do it, yeah. And what's interesting is people again like writing about like, oh, like how much chemistry there is. Like people would write about how much chemistry is there is and how sexy it is. And like, okay, they get together and it's like, it's hot, but it's incest. So it's bad, but it's hot. And it's like, I actually don't care about the incest. It's just not hot. Like there's no nothing. And, and this is like something that people do in our culture in especially romantic relationship is they have a projection of how they think it's supposed to go. And 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 they and the reason that they needed to go that way is some version of flapping because because that's the way it has to go for me to be okay, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna delete the fact that the juice isn't there and that there isn't really a connection here there isn't really the juice and I'm just gonna play out my projection kind of follow that and I I I think it's just really interesting that like culturally like the fans of Game of Thrones did that in response to to Jon Snow and Khaleesi mm-hmm. and it's something that as a culture we do and that, that and that part of where it comes from is like television and and Hollywood right. training us that this thing will save you and and here's how you can tell it you can tell by the way it looks because Hollywood is much better at showing you how something looks and how it feels the best of Hollywood can show you how it feels but but it, as a kind of like a generality Hollywood can is really good at showing you how it looks and so we get trained to look for how it looks mm-hmm and and not for how it feels and so so that's just another example of of a kind of version of flapping right so there's my game of thrones examples yes and then i'm gonna this is kind of an extension of this but here's another example and and i don't think everybody does this i think people you know people have different maps of romantic relationship but i have definitely done this um which is where you meet someone and you start going up and you're like ooh, you're excited you know you're texting with them and you're going to go on a first date and you go on that first date and it goes well. And you're kind of like, Ooh, so you're going even further up and, and then you're texting with them and like, and, and like that, that kind of the stakes start to get high. It starts to be like a little, 
nerve-wracking to be texting with them like are they going to text back like how is this going is it going to keep going well or is it just going to like be nothing and so there's this whole thing and then you you know you go on maybe a couple more dates and depending on like how fast you move and all of that but you kind of you get into like the fling like the first like strong fling part of the relationship like the where you where you you spend the night and then maybe you see each other like pretty soon after that and you and and it and it turns into this thing and what can happen and i've definitely i've definitely done this um and learned from it is that you you just want to keep going up yeah. And so you can't, you want to keep spending more time with that person and more time. And, and so you keep texting and you keep kind of making plans and you keep spending time. And then there comes a point where there's just a natural um, peak and then it's time to come down. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so difficult for people to acknowledge to, that, to, to acknowledge that and to say, you know, okay, let's go and like digest and like this would be like a kind of sane approach is like wow like i you know there's part of me that wants to keep hanging out and then but i actually think it's time to take a little space and i just want to digest and this has been really amazing and i'm not going far but i just i need to go and and kind of just sit back in my own life for a minute and feel myself before kind of going on the next wave with you right but what people do instead is they they kind of up the ante they up the stakes like okay well, let's to do... get more sensation and more of the up because at that point there's no more juice right so there's you no more juice double if, down there's no more juice if you follow the natural evolution the next right. thing is for the juice to kind of come come down but instead yeah people are like well let's let's artificially crank the juice by like let's Upping go away the for romance. the weekend yeah let's go away for the weekend like what like let's like i know this is soon but like do you want to meet my parents? Like, you know, all like, like that, right? Or like saying, I love you. Like, I think oftentimes that first time someone says, I love you is a, is, is a reach is like, is one of those moments of like, it's actually time to take a minute of a breather. But, uh, and it doesn't mean it's not true. And it doesn't mean that those relationships don't kind of go on to be good relationships, but it's just this kind of like grasping beyond what life wants. And an efforting. Yeah, in an in an in an effortful way to 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 keep the juice going, and then you know, and then I think you know people move in together on the on this impulse, and people get married on this impulse, and people have kids on this impulse. Like I think all of those things, like you said, like maybe maybe you're a flap, um, like not to specifically single out. Like I don't know the history of your conception at all, and I don't really want to speculate about it. But yeah, like. Um, and you're and you're saying it on the positive, like the the kind of best case scenario in terms of relationship land. But but mo- I think mostly what happens is it peaks and the the energy starts going down and people start freaking out and relationships end. That happens too, but yeah, but but the freak out, like if you go to this, like if if you keep reaching, you like do the next step. The the thing that you lose is rapport with yourself and rapport with life, and there's a bad feeling that comes into the the exchange and so it still looks good and your mind is satisfied because like okay i'm still in control of the situation we're still going forward but there's like some part of you starts to die inside like that's what it feels like or it feels it's like that there's like a darkness that comes online in the connection and then what that can turn into is fights yes 
and 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 hurt feelings and or just like crashes like someone just going down and then like if you're not and then if you're not going to fight then maybe what happens is you get codependent and like one person gets really attached to the other person being okay and the other person goes really down and they need that one person to help and like all of that can come from that as well if you don't just get into a fight straight away like the other ways it can just go down and you stay together a bit too long and you get into a fight right yeah, I think so relationships the, is the number one place. Maybe that's just my map, but the number one place where flapping mm-hmm. is happening because of that saving. Because relationship does have such a quality of projection and saving each other to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and career. Yeah, I guess. Mon- money and partnership. There's something. I think the difference is that career and, and money, uh, their natural home is the up. Mm-hmm. and relationship actually the natural home of relationship is the down like sex lives in the down you can kind of you can defy life in your career and you can kind of push against life to a certain extent and you can get a lot of success and you can push against these natural currents and you can actually create a lot of success in 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 career world but in relationship world you can't do that at all like as soon as you start doing that it just it it just goes bad one way or another mm. So I think that that might be why, like, I I also have that emphasis that, like, the place where this is most important, I think, is in relationship, both romantic relationship, but also in friendships, like, you know, um, all kind of relationships. Okay, so so that's flapping and that's the down. I'm still thinking about whether a relationship lives in the down. I don't know if I agree. Because I think relationship is so creative. So Mm. I, I do think relationship is the the creativity and the energy of relationship yeah the power comes from the down from the intimacy from the messy from the you know suffering each other's humanity like that place we get the juice and the power to go back up but i think relationship is so creative so which is very up so i i don't but maybe you're saying home base Whereas career, uh, you know, let me, let me, I'm not sure. So I will, I will retract my kind of convicted statement earlier. But what I'll say is like relationship in relationship, it's most important to follow that flow. Yes. Whether it's up or down, whereas career, you can kind of like, it's good to follow that flow, but you can also kind of like muscle through it. Okay. That makes sense. That, that totally lands for me then. So the next question is what do we do instead of flapping? When you find, when it's that moment of you've peaked and it's time to come down and you feel maybe a little fear, maybe a little kind of like mental reach for something, something else that can kind of like give you that next thing. Oh, I just want to name something. Uh, um, Keith Paolino said something really amazing on it. I was watching uh, his show the other day and he said something really amazing. He said, he quoted, I, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who he was quoting. Um, but maybe I'll go look it up for the notes. Um, but he quoted someone who's an addiction researcher and basically he paraphrased and Keith has the same training as us in this stuff. Um, and he paraphrased this, this researcher and basically, and I'm going to paraphrase him saying addiction is what happens when you hit a peak, but you have scarcity mentality. So you hit a peak of you feel really good, but your mind thinks I can't have this again. This is like, there's scarcity of having this again. And so that's where that reach goes for the next high and the next high and the next high. And so really like 
you know, there's this spectrum and like on the extreme side, it becomes these like life destroying addictions, but we're all doing versions of that anytime that we're not just like allowing ourselves to go down. So I just think that's really interesting that it's the combination of a peak with a scarcity mentality and this, this fear that I can't have this again, or I can't have more of this ever. Yep. And so I got to keep going. And, Which is and why you know, breakups are the best thing ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> they teach you against all of your will and against everything that you want. They take you to the bottom, the down, the ultimate down. And you learn in that place, you can be happy again. Mm. You can mm -hmm. have love again. And this right. is my thing about the tea. I'm, I can't give up. The, I'm totally in addiction. I'm totally in scarcity because I don't actually trust my life right now to deliver me into as joyful of a place without it, mm -hmm. which is crazy. But in relationship land, I actually feel that way because I've been so far down in breakup land before and I've gotten myself out and I know joy exists no matter what my relationship status is. Like I know that deep in my bones mm. and I'll still fight for relationship and I'll still like advocate and I'll still go for it because I love sex and intimacy and the whole thing. And I know that I'm okay without it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll still want it, but I, I trust my life deeply in that place and I don't feel love addicted at all anymore. But tea addicted, mm. I totally feel. <laughs> one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time. Baby steps. Yeah, I love that. The, like Part of what the down gives you is it liberates you from that fear. Yes, it really does. Okay, so you feel yourself, you hit that peak. And then you feel yourself going down. It's in a relationship. You feel like, I don't actually want to spend another night with this person. <laughs> but like, but like, if I don't, then maybe they'll go away. Or like, whatever that thing is. Like, you know, or just whatever kind of peak you hit. And then you start to feel that feeling of like, you know, I, I think it's time to like, to, to do something different. And to yeah. change, to change the, the mode. What do you do? So, if... If it was not relational and it was just in a personal moment that didn't impact anybody else, I would, as soon as I could, notice what I was feeling and noticing my experience. This happens to me every month on my cycle. Oh, oh, okay, I'm going down. And instead of flapping and eating more chocolate and, blah, 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 and like being more productive, and, you know, it's like naming that, naming that to myself, I'm going down. And then kind of coming back to that question that we always talk about from Carl Bukite as well. What would you like? What would you like? And so then mm. it's like following your nose with what's actually going to, you know, what's, what's actually going to take care of yourself, what's actually going to be good. And I think that this is this is a place where I might and this is, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I might adjust that question because like we we have so much depth in that question. What would you like? That, uh, but I think on the surface that can be a tool for the flapping to get back in. Right, where it's like, well, it, I want him to call me back. Ah, <laughs> right. So I think well, I, I, maybe a a, would a, feel? a more down. Yeah, there you go. What would feel? What good? would like, feel good to me? Truly, yeah. what would feel good? What would feel really good? And it's like a a body thing it is right? a body it's, thing it is a total body thing it's not because it, like and that's another like the body lives in the down and the mind lives in the up mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. so so part of going down is attending to the body mm -hmm. and and that question that will take me right into tears usually like mm. oh i just i just need to cry 
need to go cry. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean anything. We don't need, I mean, it's, it, I have a lot of practice. I think in the beginning, I would go into these like epic downs with like tears and like making art and ah, writing poems, <laughs> you know, like I'm a poet actually. Um, and now it's more like, oh, I just need to cry for 10 minutes and like do a little laundry and what, you know, just not try to do my email for a second. And then in relationship land, I mean, part of the the amazing part of relationship is that we are impacted by somebody else and we are having an impact, which I think is this really, really amazing experience. And the downside is we have an impact and mm -hmm. all of our choices impact the other person. So and also we're impacted <laughs> and we are impacted. Yeah. yeah. So I think the best way in relationship land is to do the same thing, but just communicate it to the other person, you know, mm -hmm. naming it and what would feel good to me. And I think, you know, from studying attachment, you know, if you are in a, if you're in a relationship, if you're just starting dating, you don't, you haven't formed as much of an attachment. It doesn't need to be a huge thing. It can just be a, hey, heads up. I've had such a good time lately. And I know we've been in a lot of contact and I need to take a few days to uh, work and exercise. And, you know, you can say it in your own language, but just be in my own life. And uh, I'll be back, you know, I'll, I'll check in in a few days or I'm just letting you know so you don't worry because I, I really have had a good time or whatever, um, if that's true, ideally. And if you're in a relationship with more attachment, then I mean, I guess it's the same thing, actually. Um, but you do want to kind of say that say that you're coming back to not freak the other person out uh, to create more right. secure attachment. But the naming it, right? Like the main point is naming it and taking care of yourself as soon as you possibly can so that you don't start to go down and take the other person with you, which mm -hmm. I have a lot of practice with that, especially every month where you can, I mean, the, I think the huge temptation for me is when I'm going down is to figure out why I feel bad and then look around to my outside circumstances, career, relationship, or like maybe the way my body looks or something like that and find a problem and then make it the other. So in relationship, it's really tempting to make it the other person's problem. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, mm -hmm. either with criticism or complaints, basically. You're not doing, doing this right. You're not helping me this way. You're not giving me this. All these things. And then the worst, the worst version of the down, I think, is when you are going down and then you bring the other person that is supposed to, that is ideally like your support system and you bring them down. And then you're mm -hmm. both just like oh, man. hating each other, needing space, not allowed to ask for space because then it's going to trigger even more tears. And you're just stewing in this bad place. Nobody can help anybody. And it's all your fault. Mm -hmm. That's the worst. So I highly recommend <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, and you do that enough times and you don't do it anymore. I mean, the, the good thing about life is that it teaches us without needing to know any of this. Like, if we're humans, we're going to learn this. The more we pay attention, the faster we learn. So I've done that so many times that it is so not tempting. As It's just not as tempting. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've gotten a little, that Leonard Cohen, like, the light has gotten in in that crack a few times where I've been able to say, the training wheels was being able to, totally rail against the relationship and my partner and say, and I'm a total hot mess. You know, I'm going down. This is not about you. And you can kind of mm -hmm. like get that little language in. And then eventually mm -hmm. you actually know that it's not about the other person and you don't even do it. <laughs> I, you just gave me flashbacks to, uh, <laughs> to 
to moments in relationships where we've both been very, very, very down and it's just been a bad place. Yeah. This happens with fights too, with relationships. Like if you're in a fight, that usually means like it's time to go down. And I, I have also noticed that you can, once you start to go down and you, you, you've started bringing the other person down and then what naturally happens is the other person, especially if you're in, I, I, have, I have most of my experience with heterosexual relationship with men, like men need to process by themselves usually a lot. Like they need to actually mm-hmm. go and take, if you get into a conflict, like I want to keep talking, get to the better place. And the man usually needs to actually go away and resource himself and then come back and then he can kind of repair or whatever. But the temptation when you're going down is to just keep trying and like keep <laughs> like contorting yourself into like all these pretzel moves and like trying to be ugh it, the and it's so counterintuitive but the best thing you can do is walk away and take care of yourself like mm-hmm. no matter where you are on the going down cycle no matter how bad it is even if you're at the almost at the hit bottom and the other person hates you it's so tempting to talk about it more and try to make it better and effort go up but just let yourself go all the way down and take space and take care of yourself I'm just wondering, like, what? how do you know when it's time to talk about it again? When you feel differently, when you have um, when you have love in your heart that's back, when you have kindness, when you've you when you've reached a place of like, I mean, for me, it's like self-awareness and responsibility, like when I'm fully taking responsibility for my own experience, like I, I can name exactly I can name what happened. And I my adult is fully I'm not like a crying four-year-old yeah when the adult is back i like that and sometimes it's not perfect you know sometimes you're still like a weepy baby but you you can request something that the other person's available for right there's like a little help each other right there's like a little kind of there's a sense of that like there's a sense that the other person has a, a way to win here yes as opposed to like there's just no way to win and everybody's just we're just going down together yes Hand yes. an unlovable hand, as the mountain goats say. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a week of space. It it can be 10 minutes. I've done that so many times. Go to the mm-hmm. bathroom, get myself together, come back, apologize, ask for what I need. A couple more practical things. So so the, the general header of this is come down pleasurably. Yeah. Uh, this also Nicole, Nicole and friends uh, taught us that one. So come down pleasurably. So, you know, that really means like asking yourself like, what would feel good and and doing that and like pleasurable body things so you know we've given examples like just just getting in bed and binge watching tv is a is a pretty decent way to come down making out and sex can be great if you have that available um taking a bath like uh going for walks like getting cozy like the down is kind of it can be cozy it can be womb like if you if you get it right like um Taking your attention off of like the 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 kind of broader vision of your life and putting it onto like the immediate moment and the felt experience, because oftentimes when you're in the down, when you go reach for that broader vision, it can just be like scary or bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's and I think that again, like this is a cultural thing. Like our culture is so attached to like this vision of our life and looking at that broader vision of our life that it's we just have this habit of doing that and i think part of the lesson of the down is to just let go of that for a while and you know this is when in aa right they say one day at a time like this is why like and you Mm. know i hope my mom doesn't mind i'll I'll share a story like when she was really going through it and when i was young 
and she was a single mom and she was with this other single mom um and and what they talked about was like and this was like this is more like this is coping with like a major down and what they talked about is if i can if i can do one thing today yep just it one was thing. a good day just like let me just get one thing and then it, that's a good day and that's enough so if i can just do laundry today mm-hmm. if i can just do grocery shopping today like that's enough and the, like that kind of attitude of like i'm not trying to figure out my whole life and i'm not trying to like yeah there you go <laughs> But just like, I'm just here in this moment of my life. And a lot of that comes with, and it's feeling and it's being with the body and it's, and it's doing things that are good for the body. Mm -hmm. I love 12 step so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 12 step is another thing. That's like when you're at the ultimate down, there are homes all over the world of people that will not tell you that you're broken and will actually just let you talk. It's, Mm -hmm. they've got a few things like, They've got 12 step has a, has a, I'm, I'm not giving it my full recommendation cause there's a little bit of like a pathological, there's something wrong with me going on in there, but, um, but that's okay. Cause it's like, sometimes that's to save lives. So, um, but they're, they do have language in the down and they do create mm-hmm. community in the down. And I think community mm-hmm. is so helpful. If you have any friends that don't flap when you go down, that don't try to get you to keep flapping. Mm-hmm. You know, those friends that are like, oh, but you're fine. Mm-hmm. You're totally fine. Oh, but. Or, or, or just like, well, what about, what about, okay, what do we do this? Yeah. Like, you know what? Oh, you need to, okay. let's do a makeover. <laughs> like, we're going to wash that man right out of Have your you head. Exercise? No, let's get some exercise. You know, and I mean, I'm guilty of this sometimes. It's like you, God bless everybody. We want to fix it and help people. It's hard to watch people suffering and going down. It's hard. And the more rapport we have with ourselves going down, the more we can hold that space for other people. And so if you have, I mean, that's my main way of going, when I'm going down, my main tool is um, crying at the altar and and letting God witness me in, in the down, but then getting on the phone immediately with a, a female friend who will not uh, tell me that, will not try to put Band-Aids on my experience and will mm-hmm. let me cry. I mean, that's like my saving grace is the women down there. Mm-hmm. And cleaning. Oh my God, cleaning. <laughs> I don't do that one. But I, I love cleaning. It makes a lot of it's sense. so helpful because you can do something, but it's not about uh, getting anywhere. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's nurturing. You're, you're cleaning your space. Right. It's like an immediate, an immediate thing, not mm-hmm. a kind of, yeah. And it's movement, right? It's a body based, it's, it's movement. Right. It's not cleaning your inbox that's different than cleaning your room. Oh God, the relief. So, so that's kind of like how to relate to it. The main point is to it, it is that we get the mistaken idea that we're supposed to be somewhere in this cycle. We're supposed to be a certain point on the wave, um, but but you can't stay at one point on the wave. Instead, what you can do is you can be in rapport with wherever you are actually are at on the wave. And that actually allows mm. you to not be stuck. That allows you to keep moving up and down, up and down, and 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 not, yeah. And so being rapport. So it's kind of like there, there's a there's a version of the of being up which is out of rapport, and there is a version of being down which is out of rapport, and there's a version of up which is in rapport, and there's a version of down which is at, which is in rapport. And so, like, just kind of noticing which which way you're you are where you are and kind of working to get in rapport with with that 
point you are on the wave. Because there's also, what's well, funny, I'll, I'll just mention this briefly, but like there are people that flap a lot, but there's another thing which I'm going to call churning, um, which yeah. is where- Let's talk about those which, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with churning, it's the opposite of flapping. Churning is where you go down and then you stay down and you get stuck in the down, you get fixated and you just keep feeling more feelings. I'm like, oh, and like the kind of emo, like that version of Leonard Cohen where you just kind of like go down into the dark place and you never come back and you're just like, life is terrible. And like you get fixated on the down. And you just want to churn and you want to keep feeling bad feelings and keep putting fuel on the fire. Um, and there are reasons for that. And we, we can't get into all of like the mechanism for that. It's kind of easier to understand flapping in a certain way than churning. But but people churn as much as they flap. And so that that's a whole other podcast. But but I, I guess the reason that we want to put it in this one is because like, okay, if we're saying go down, that's great. But like, don't stay there. Like... Um, <laughs> no, don't like, don't stay there and try to get extra. You'll know when you're trying to stay there because you want pity. I think uh-huh. that's you want that pity could be and you want people uh-huh. to notice. I've done. You're pouting. You want pity. Uh, yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, you're just like, uh, like, like. Even if it's not people, but it's God. You're like God. Look up my pain. Yes. Like and and you know this is that's another thing that Carl Bukite talks about is that uh what is it called an owie the mm-hmm, owie. the an owie where you basically i can't remember what it stands for it stands for something because carl's a ridiculous person the, but the idea of that is like look at my pain and if, if if like if you can just be in enough pain god will see you and take pity on you and bring you out of it himself yeah like as and, if you and have no authority over your own life yeah overriding will invalidating extortion that's what he says for overriding will and validating extortion he's a ridiculous person it's very funny but you're extorting god you're saying like ah i mean so much pain like god like look at this and and really it's a projection that god is a parent and that it's god's job to help you um and according to carl's model which i think is really useful in this moment god's job is just to ask you what you would like and then respond uh, but you're not asking you're not you're not in a conversation with god about what you would like in that moment you're in a conversation with god about how terrible it is so that he can just fix it uh anyway um so that's churning we're, we're not going to get more into churning right now um but i, I just want to tell like a little story i've just had this experience i've had this experience of being um it, it's funny i was i i was i had was kind of maybe like three or four months after a breakup um, of a relationship. There's a long, I think it's a three and a half year relationship. Very, very beautiful and very challenging relationship. And I was at the end of that. Um, and I was actually staying at her house. She was, she was house sitting for someone. And then she was away for a few weeks and I was kind of house, house sitting, house sitting, sitting. Or I don't know how you would say that, but I was actually staying there and um and it was this it was out in uh fairfax california it was out in like and i didn't know anyone it's funny now i know a million people live in fairfax california but i didn't know anyone at that time and i was staying in this house and i and it was like a 20 i didn't have a car it was like a 20 minute walk to the uh to the to the grocery store into the town where i could like you know get some anything and and i was just very lonely and 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 kind of heartbroken and and just like yeah just going down and i was like really in the down it's lonely and heartbroken and i wasn't and i had no idea what i was doing in my life i was kind of i can't remember where i was career-wise at that point but i was feeling like i don't know like that if i tried to put my attention on i was trying to like build a new phase of my life but any attention i would put on like longer than the day was just like 
I had nothing. And so, and it, you know, and I was listening, I was trying to listen to, um, oh no, to Abraham, to Esther, Esther Hicks. Hicks. Who doesn't know anything about the down <laughs> at all? That is not a good person to listen to when you're in the down. But I was like clutching. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. But no, like, it's not. I was, it's not. I, okay, it's Lynn only says when no. you want to go up. When you have a moment I, where you're like really actually ready and you have a little bit of juice, then you start listening to Abraham. Otherwise, she's t- wildly out of rapport. And she's a rocket ship straight up. Like I mean, <laughs> wee. But anyway, I was I was listening to stuff and 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 I remember I just have this memory of like um laying on this bed and and you know this is just one example like i've had versions of this experience many times i'm sure everyone listening has right like we've all been there right but i i had this experience of lying and lying in bed in this house by myself and and just like letting myself go down and and kind of like like a little bit just saying like saying okay but there was some way of reaching for help but it i don't really know how to say that but i just like it's like i just like let my heart be available for help and there was this experience of angels of angels coming and Mm. um tending to my heart Mm. Mm. and it and it wasn't like it made me better and i kind of woke up 10 minutes later and i was like alive and well and like okay let's go do this and i got it all you know like I know the plan. It was like there was still months of of recovery, actually, mm-hmm. and and kind of gradually kind of piecing things together. But that was a moment of, and this is what Catherine McCoon talks about. She doesn't call them angels at the bottom. Um, she t- she's a bit weird about the things that are at the bottom, but she says there are beings at the bottom who are there to help you, and and part of what they're there to help you do is to let go. Um, and mm-hmm. and my experience was just, there were angels came and, and tended to my heart. So, yeah, mm. and and when as I was thinking about that, I remembered this quote, which uh, comes from. Uh, it's it's apparently it's misattributed, but it comes from it's a, a, a it comes from the movie Jacob's Ladder, which um is a is a very strange, beautiful uh, horror movie. Um, I don't even know if you would call it a horror movie, but it has a lot of horrible things in it. But it's 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 brilliant. Anyway, Jacob's Ladder, I strongly recommend it. And there's a scene where he where his chiropractor, he's seeing his chiropractor, and his his chiropractor quotes uh, Meister Eckhart, who is a um, Christian mystic, kind of middle ages Christian mystic. And so th- this is the quote from Jacob's Ladder, uh, which apparently is not a very good translation, but it, it's still just brilliant. The only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life. Mm. Your memories, your attachments, they burn them all away. But they're not punishing you, they're freeing your soul. If you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. (laughs) oh my god so so that's another that's you know like like there is a crack in everything that's how the light gets in that's it's like this is the 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 medicine of the down Mm -hmm. and then i have one more quote you ready for one more quote just piling (laughs) it up one more quote everybody i I got one more which i don't know how this one will live but this is from marianne woodman if you take us any further down than the last quote (laughs) <laughs> then you will force me into paint me into a corner that I know exactly how to get out of. <laughs> no, it's gonna be okay. Okay. 
So this is Marianne Woodman, just to finish us off. Uh, she's a Jungian, Jungian um, <laughs> psychiatrist. This is from a book, uh, shit, something about love. Um, once you have explored the depths, don't wallow in them. It's not only boring, it's destructive. Let grace enter. It brings with it a new understanding of love. So let grace enter. There you go. That's good. It's, it's Marion Woodman. Brought us a little bit more to a, a resting place. That's interesting. Okay. That's, I mean, that is, uh, that's partly what you're practicing right now in your life. Mm-hmm. Is not, oh, yeah. you spent so many years in the down. Uh, yeah. For good reasons, with many benefits, and you are trying something else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I yeah, I think I it got boring and destructive for me, for sure. I'm I'm more, much more of a wallower than a flapper or a churner <laughs> than a flapper. So, um, yeah, it, yeah. So that's my. But I have flap as well. I mean, everybody does. It. Everybody does both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. I hope that this has been helpful and not too not too much of a heavy trip. I remember when I learned about all this, I was like, oh, this is how I could have a life that's like more like these romantic songs and movies and things. Because I, I was so habituated in the up, just moving from one thing to the next constantly. And when I learned the down, I, I felt like I got connected to this whole other part of the world. It, like, oh, this is where songs are come from and poetry uh-huh. and uh-huh. these heartbreaking movies. And I remember feeling, and I still do, I feel more connected to the world knowing, like letting myself go to this other territory. I've definitely, I've, I've gone back through old journals and the times when I'm in the down, I write some of the best poetry. Like, oh. that's, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the show.